This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Matt, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm trying to ease into the into the afternoon. It, ease into the afternoon. It's been a big morning, man. <laughs> it's been a big morning. We've been... Big morning. Lots going on around uh, Ye old Pipe Shop and uh, in Jackson and in, in the life of John David Cole and Bo York. And uh, man, yeah, just, just trying to get it going. So one of the things that I miss the most about <laughs> not being in the same place on a normal basis yeah. is I don't get to see just how disheveled you look constantly i hear how disheveled you are yeah it, no it's a, and it's a constant thing yeah like i mean it like basically falling apart like letting himself go kind of deal yeah yeah so that yeah. was that was you <laughs> but see this is the other thing about you you're you're a you're you are not a morning person no you are an afternoon evening person generally you know recently no, you are I, a person i i am i am a person <laughs> <laughs> although sometimes that's debatable you know as crazy as things have been so Maybe I'm like a maybe I'm like a three p.m. kind of guy. Okay, three. That's the that's the magic hour for yeah. you. Here's the deal: <laughs> you walked through the door, and I didn't I didn't put two and two together when I saw you this morning. I need to paint the picture for folks. This man <laughs> is wearing what can only be described as a Fred Rogers like like sweater. It's a cardigan. A cardigan. <laughs> I was going to be generous and call it a sweater. <laughs> it's a it's a man cardigan. It's it's a Fred Rogers move is what it is. That's no, like, right. And yeah. which which is respectable. Fred Rogers was, you know, he he was the man. But it I'm was. just I'm just saying that yeah. you walked in here and you put it on just like, you know, at, at the Mr. Rogers neighborhood how he always takes off his work coat and puts on his cardigan. No, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And it, right, you you got to mix it up, you know. And and even just now I um, you know, I came in, I was just a little chilly. And so I reached for my cardigan. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, and and let my hair down just to, <laughs> just to keep my neck warm. That's right. <laughs> well, this is great, man. We are continuing on this uh, little mini series that we got of the Shire Select, where we yes. are <laughs> going through the various Hobbit meal plan <laughs> and, and pairing different pipe tobaccos with the various meals. We're having some fun with it. Hopefully, y'all are too. And you know what? If if history is any indication, we also are causing a lot of people to like get super hungry listening to the, to yeah. the podcast. Yeah, I think people do that when they listen to us. Yeah. They they get hungry and thirsty. Yes, <laughs> this this is true. Well, you know, that's one of the things is whenever you describe pipe tobacco, no matter what it is, because you have this extensive palate, you're always pulling out all of these flavors that everybody at home who's smoking the exact same bowl of pipe tobacco is like, what is he talking about? That doesn't taste like licorice root. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what ends up happening is like, well, I don't taste it in the pipe tobacco, but I'm hungry now. And so that's... Oh, happening. man, that's funny. We got we got a fun one. Uh, we're going to be uh, closing out the afternoon yeah. uh, in the evening yeah. here with, with uh, the, the, the Hobbit living. Now, just to remind folks, uh, if you haven't already, go back and listen to uh, the part one where we covered breakfast, second breakfast, and 11 C's. But today, we are going to be going through the uh, the back half, the middle and back half of the, fo- the the Hobbit meal plan here of lunch, afternoon tea, dinner, and supper. Supper, <laughs> supper. Wait, supper's different than dinner? Uh, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, well, so I guess we'll find out. These are northern hobbits, not not southern. Hobbits. Oh, yeah, okay, that's, okay. That's how that works. All right. Good. <laughs> Northern <laughs> Hobbits, golly! It's the North Shire and the South Shire right here, man. We uh, we're we're excited to do it. And as I think I, I referenced this last week, but the way that we've kind of structured this recording, and I want to like pretend like it was by design, but it's not true at all. Yeah, is that we we actually did the early meal pairings. Yeah, before lunch, and now we're jumping into you know the the lunch and after meal plans. And the afternoon. And the afternoon. Of the same day. Yeah. So we've actually right. eaten at this point. And I think this is actually really, really good because we are going to step into the central Hobbit meal of the day, luncheon. Mm. Now, luncheon, you know, you got you to gotta think back. If you think back to last week, we talked about how, you know, that first breakfast is really kind of this big, hearty, you know, meal. It's got to get you set up for, for the day. You're only going to have like, you know, seven meals. So, I mean, like you got to... You know, you, you gotta gotta make sure that you're starting out right. Yeah, no, that's right. And then after that, you have kind of these these kind of get you through the morning type of meals, right? With second breakfast and and uh, and eleven C's. But here now that we're at luncheon, it's a pillar time. You know what I mean? This is the central pillar that is holding up the 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 Hobbit meal. It's time to get some food, man. Well, and I feel like it has to have that weight if you're gonna call it luncheon. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is this is lunch, but it's 
it's a luncheon. It's a luncheon. Right. I mean, you know, it, 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 this is a word, but it's not a word we use very regularly now unless it's like, you know, oh, I'm going to this luncheon, you know, where so-and-so is going to make a sales pitch or something. Well, that, you, you know, know that's I mean? true. It almost feels like a luncheon in kind of modern uh, American context means kind of a light lunch. That is not the case for hobbits. Yeah. No, they, yeah. They, it's overboard. No, like yeah. They, yeah. They, they do it up big. We're going hot. We're going heavy. Uh, we're talking about meats, mushrooms, fishes, vegetables, uh, basically earthy foods. That's really kind of the palate that you're going for is earthy, right? Yeah. Um, and I want to kind of do something, you know, I mean like, you know, you can think of like, um, you know, your British kind of fish and chips type Mm -hmm. of type of situation, maybe a shepherd's pie. Uh, or something of that, a roast mutton Mm -hmm. or or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to give you a very specific, uh, meal to, to pair this with. Uh, it is going to be very inspired by my own meal because okay. being in Jackson, I was able today for lunch to get my favorite sandwich in the entire uh, city. Oh, yeah. You went to Walker's. I went to Walker's. Yeah. Walker's Drive-In, which is uh, in Fondren, which is next to Bellhaven. And, yeah. Uh, and they've got a, a, a redfish sandwich. So I'm going to deconstruct the redfish sandwich <laughs> in a hobbitly fashion. Okay? Okay. So here's what you got. You got a loaf of bread. You have got uh, a nice, nice warm, <laughs> warm bread. You've got... Uh, blackened red fish, mm. pickled onions. Okay, mm. uh, you got tomatoes, and let's let's say these are like roast to- tomatoes. Okay, uh, wedge of cheddar. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's like some. I don't want to say salad per se because it's not a salad, but it's more of like like some green stuff on your plate to, to dress it up a little bit. <laughs> you you know what I'm saying? Like a garnish. Type yeah, situation. parsley, parsley garnish, that sort of thing. So blackened red fish, your your roast tomatoes, your pickled onions, mm. your cheddar. Again, good earthy, uh, earthy notes that I'm trying to go with here, but also that nice, warm, hearty meal right there. <laughs> oh, also notable, I should mention this, with luncheon, we've now entered into the, it is socially acceptable, and in fact, expected for us to crack open a pint of ale, maybe a glass of wine. Yeah. We, we start well, not drinking now. You, you know? you're, to, you're to that point where maybe it is five o'clock somewhere. Well, it's 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 luncheon somewhere. It's luncheon yeah, yeah. somewhere because you're a hobbit. <laughs> exactly. And, right. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. We got a couple more meals to get to before five o'clock. Let's be <laughs> right. Right. All right. So there's your luncheon. Now I, let's just pretend, I mean, I just, it's not hard to pretend. Let's just pretend I just ate this. Yeah. What would be the perfect thing to pair with the meal that I just oh, ate? Oh man. Especially, <laughs> especially on a day where it was kind of like, it kind of, kind of warm. You're coming out of a cold spell Ooh. and it's starting to warm up a little bit. Yeah. And there's so the pleasant heat outside is just pristine. And, nice midday. Um, you know, it's before the, uh, the local pollening. So there's no, you know, you don't, you know, the allergy issues that you might okay. normally have, but so we're thinking these hearty foods, but also a nice, um, kind of outdoorsy effect. Um, man, I, the first thing that came to my mind was a Virginia blend. Um, right, yes, I love yes, Virginia's. Yes. They're great for daytime. They're clean. They're, uh, classic. They taste like tobacco. They smell good. You know, they have just the right amount of uh, natural sweetness and the right amount of nicotine. It's just a just a really uh, excellent midday smoke, I think. And so, um, man, for our luncheon uh, after uh, after luncheon smoke, we are doing today uh, Capstan, the original Capstan flake tobacco navy okay. cut. So, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Capstan in the blue tin. We've got a tobacco here that is very storied and incredibly popular with Virginia smokers. Uh, has been around for uh, quite a long time in its century of. Rain or whatever is one of the leading Virginia tobaccos. It just has, you know, a lot of uh, folks that that love it and smoke it, including J.R.R. Tolkien himself, who was one of the most uh, one of the most prolific capstan smokers. But um, you know, it just has a clean flavor to it that evokes just a little bit of citrus. You have some lemon, a little dash of orange. I get more lemon that's there. But uh, but just a really nice uh, fresh cut hay flavor that's in this particular one. You'll get some odiness is there as well. Um, you know, not as much on the darker, richer Virginias here. This is a brighter leaf, but it's something that just follows up. You know, lunch I think with a really nice, pleasant kick to it. So um, yeah, a little bit of pepper, but not much. This is not a Perique blend or anything like that. Capstan Original uh, in the flake, of course. You got to do something after lunch to um, keep yourself occupied. You've got a full belly. You're like, ah, well, you know, um, how do I spend a little more time in, in of enjoyment? And so you're uh, preparing your little flakes and tearing them apart, maybe letting them sit there for a few moments while you uh, enjoy your after lunch coffee. And um, and then as you're, you know, loading your pipe up with this, you're um, making sure to do it with care. And uh, so a flake tobacco, of course, always has that much more 
of an, of an interesting component to it, I think. And uh, it's a good start to the second half of the day. It makes sense, too, because you got to think a hobbit, uh, you know, a lot of the, the kind of the gardening and the kind of the caretaking of, of your, uh, your your home and, and your, your hearth yeah. is really being done in the morning hours. You get to that midday, yeah. can get, you know, the Shire's very pleasant, but, you know, at the same time. You know, that's that's when you kind of take take a step back. And as you mentioned, you mentioned the after lunch uh, coffee, but you know they've they've got the tea right around the corner. So they do, and we're not there yet. No, if if anything, it's like this is the this is something to kind of hold you over, like the <laughs> the practice of smoking flake tobacco and all of the intricacies that come along with it gives you something to do until you're able to sit down for that. Afternoon you know, and tea. we talked about in our previous episode, just you know the part of part of the charm of hobbits is is that is that they they take such uh pride and care in the in the mundane things of the world right, so the yeah. so the little things that for most people don't you know aren't important at all um you know things like preparing your pipe tobacco uh not just smoking it but even preparing it selecting the appropriate pipe for it these are things that matter to a hobbit you know and i really if you think about it flakes probably are uh, the most appropriate tobacco style for for a hobbit because mm. it was something that requires that much more uh, care and tediousness and um, you know preparation and expertise and all this other stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, it's good. One of the things I really appreciate about the Hobbit and, and uh, well, the Hobbit specifically is we are introduced to these little characters, these little creatures, right, uh, through the lens of Bilbo Baggins. And yeah, Bilbo is not a normal hobbit. Right. He's he's very right. he's very introverted. He really kind of has, you know, what we know of hobbits through Bilbo. And a lot of times he's kind of looking around at his fellow hobbits, not exactly with like like the, the its large amount of pride. He sometimes is a little bit stuck up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like no. the, there's a, there's an aspect that that it's it's interesting that Bilbo ends up being kind of our entryway into the world of the hobbits. And it's nice in Lord of the Rings. We get more of a plethora of hobbitses with Merry and Pippin and of course uh, Frodo and Sam like we get kind of uh, you know to see that they're not all like Bilbo Baggins nor are they all like Bilbo Baggins might describe his neighbors yeah but one thing that Bilbo Baggins is is he's kind of a bit of a you know he's he's a bit of a snob and one imagines he might be a bit of a gossip because (laughs) the thing is hobbits is man they 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 love to gossip they love to talk about the uh, the scuttlebutt around town and you know, maybe uh, you know who is is seeing who down down by the hillside and all that kind of stuff. Oh, well, you know, I'm just saying, like, you need those social moments for the hobbits to come together and exchange. You know what they probably might call news, but what the rest of the world recognizes gossip. You know, in many respects, <laughs> and in the south we call a prayer request. I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say, man, there is a lot of similarities, a lot of similarities there. But this this social event where a lot of the uh, that information can be passed around is at that afternoon tea. And so the afternoon tea, of course, you've just had this this big luncheon and now it's time for that kind of after lunch, you, you know, that, that little that kind of that that lighter meal. Uh, this is really meant for that social socialization and, of course, to be paired with sweet treats. Now, you know, you'll like I said before, if you kind of look at Levensies and afternoon tea, they're kind of sandwiched around luncheon which is kind of that big pillar yeah and now we're kind of getting back to the sweet treats but as opposed to kind of the pastries of you know 11 c's this is more of kind of like your little cookies or or your little berry pies or or, you know those little you know the the things (laughs) i forget what they're called but they're like little tiny pie crust they're very flaky and you like stuff them with like berries and like maybe there's a kiwi slice in there you know what i'm talking about Oh yeah, they're like tart, like like yeah. They just they're little tart things that yeah. you see at bakeries. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking so about. So that's what we're looking at for afternoon tea. I mean, if if you know if, if you're going, uh, you know, if you want to do like a slice of pie with some ice cream, that's that's cool too. But I think <laughs> um, I think I think I think we're kind of looking at something a little bit like that. This is really, like I said, to some extent, it's less about the food mm-hmm. and more about the food as a means of getting kind of hobbitses together. Yeah. Uh, not just with family, but with kind of extended neighbors and that sort of thing to kind of find out what's going on. So, you know, with, with the notion of that being kind of sweet treats and also now we need, you know, we're kind of incorporating another big social practice, which is smoking into it. Right. You could almost see the the smoking aspect of this, not as after you've eaten, but almost as part of the tea itself, right? Like you, mm. you would almost include the smoking as part of this. So, what is our pairing for afternoon tea? Well, we are continuing on the theme of luncheon, and we are going to augment the Virginias that we've smoked with a little bit of sweetness to make it interesting okay. and light and fun to okay. power through the rest of the afternoon. And so uh, we are going to smoke now Macbaron Vanilla Roll Cake. 
Mac Baron Vanilla Roll Cake. This is a recent tobacco that has come out on the market. Fantastic tobacco. We've actually reviewed it on the show before, mentioned it. Man, just really, really flavorful and tasty. It's one of those that uh, has a nice bright flavor, but that Madagascar vanilla uh, comes out to give it a, a good richness. And um, but, but yet it's not over the top as far as a cloying sweetness. So just very, very good. The Danish approach to tobacco, so it's going to be, you know, semi-sweet, not mm. over the top as far as syrupy or anything. You don't want to get weighed down with anything this time of day, something that, um, you know, is going to continue to motivate you, but but give you a little uh, a little sense that the day is kind of, you know, drawing to a close for that matter. So um, this is a really good tobacco. I enjoyed uh, getting to know this one. Um, you know, really tight little rolls that uh, were, you know, cut into medallions that, are um, just very pleasant both to look at, to load, to uh, pack, and to light. Stays lit if you're, you know, into, um, you know, rolls. Uh, it, it really does stay lit nicely and uh, handles really well. And again, that sweetness is is very delicate. It's nuanced. It's something that, you know, I don't think is over the top. Uh, you know, folks that just smoke non-aromatic tobaccos will, you know, think that maybe it does have a little too much sweetness. But I, I don't think for most people that uh, that smoke pipes are going to, you know, take that uh, to heart. I think they'll think that this is a really nice balance of sweetness with natural Virginia flavor. So just a really good tobacco all around. I was really happy when MacBaron came out with this and, and still am. So this is, this is the rolls, kind of the medallion styles that would be sliced from a rope, correct? That's right, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I, I wonder, so if, if, if I'm recalling back to our uh, rope uh, tobacco episode, we talked about how that practice really stemmed from... Uh, transporting, well, no, payment on naval ships. Is that correct? Yeah, it was part of the naval rationing system. Yeah. So that's interesting because obviously hobbits are not, uh, you know, seafaring folk, right, right. Uh, which, you know, that's fine. Like we, you know, these are, these are obviously we're preparing a real world to, to that and that sort of thing. But it is interesting. I almost wonder if there would be, if they would have done rope tobacco for other reasons, you know what I mean? Like if they would have, hmm. uh, cause I mean, like you think about it, like in the in the Hobbit uh, in Peter Jackson's Hobbit, when you actually get a chance to look into Bilbo's cellar of food, yeah, there's just you know all these like sausages hanging down and like all like just tons <laughs> of food and everything, and you almost think like why does he need all that food? But then you start going through the meal plan, it becomes quite evident. Oh, like, this makes sense. That's right? just like half his week's rations right, right. there. But you almost <laughs> gotta wonder like, all right, so the pipe tobacco like may is there maybe a benefit to rope tobacco from a storage standpoint beyond that? Or, or well, you know. you know, I have historically thought that you know flakes and uh rope tobaccos twists tobaccos that uh you know have undergone some pressure and are still in that uh form uh tend to stay fresher longer they they, yeah. they just tend to maintain that freshness just a little bit longer um you know absent any kind of uh you know sh- special storage methods or any of that kind of thing so um you know uh, to me that is part of the part of the thing they might be taking that much more care and um, you know, making sure their tobacco has more longevity or whatever. I like but, it. Um, yeah, that would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that was uh, that's just interesting. You know, we've talked about it before, but rope tobacco, you, you first see it, it's not exactly the most visually pleasing in its rope form, uh, <laughs> so to I speak. I think it's beautiful, but, you know, if you think it looks like something you'd find next to your, you know, dog, that your dog outside, then, you yeah. know, that's, that's you know, to each his own kind of deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that, like, in, 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 a, in a, I could see it in a Hobbit cellar kind of, like, coiled or wrapped around or springing down from the ceiling or something like that. It could yeah. be uh, quite cool for sure. Uh <laughs> All right. So, you know, afternoon tea, again, this is really about that social experience. You've, you've gossiped with your neighbor hobbits. You've had uh, some nice tea. You've had some sweet treats. You've uh, worked on those, uh, those beautiful discs of sweet tobacco as you've kind of puffed along hearing about uh, Sally, uh, who's taken with a farmer down the lane and they have a pig. <laughs> I don't know what hobbits gossip about, you know? Yeah, no, that's the thing. You, you got to be careful. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Those Hobbit prayer requests. Right, <laughs> but the thing is, one of the reasons that is a little bit of a lighter type of meal is because we are coming upon what is, and, ha- and has to be noted as, the largest meal of the day. And you have to remember, this is a large meal amongst meals. The the yeah. the meal of meals. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, th- mm-hmm. this is something that is going to need to uh, pack a wallop. This is going to be the dinner uh, that you are looking for because, of course, it is dinner. So dinner is going to be uh, served. Of course, you got plenty of meats, you need vegetables. Think of this as very much a feast. Now, you know, you'd be right to think, well, we've heard a feast. Everything that's been listed out so far is a feast. Uh, but no, this is, this is again, a feast amongst feasts. 
And this is where not only are you going to get like a good, let's say like a, a succulent pig or like a, a cottage pie or, or spiced beef with roast vegetables or something of that nature, but you're also going to want a good like wedge of cheese. You know what I mean? Some good mm. hearty bread that yeah. goes with it. Uh, you know, that uh, kind of a, a pat of butter right there next to it. And then, you know, a, a big pint of ale, right? Gosh, uh, I just ate and I'm already hungry again. Well, the dinner will do that to you, man. <laughs> um, you know, so there's, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan, you know, of, of human dinner. Uh, yeah, which, human dinner's good. Yeah, human of, of, of human dinner. Not not eating humans, but what we humans. Would, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah that that's all right too. <laughs> but that's typically when I get all all creative. That's when I like to do you know Godfather spaghetti, or I like to do like a like a lamb, or I like to do like you know kind of a uh, some fun steaks with maybe like a nice uh, mint and uh, and parsley type of uh, sauce that I might like chop up with some olive oil or something of that nature. <laughs> but that, that that's probably a little too. You can bring that creativity out. Yeah, bring that really creativity out. So uh, so yeah, so let's let's look at this. We're sort of spiced beef. Roast vegetables, we're talking cheese, we're talking bread, mm. we're talking dark ale. What, mm. what you got for us? Wow. Man, I, to me, this this begs uh, to have something paired with it that's uh, complex but also powerful and, um, and, and something that's just, you know, rich and uh, will uh, perk you up after such a, such a heavy, uh, complex, fun meal that's a great experience and uh, something to settle your stomach as well. So we are going to pair this with an Orlick uh, Dark Strong Kentucky mm, tobacco. Yes, we are. Yes, Orlick we Dark are. Strong Kentucky, uh, of course, longtime friends of the Country Squire Radio, and we've sold Orlick tobaccos at the Squire forever. But Dark Strong Kentucky, this is a pairing of Virginia's with uh, Kentucky fire-cured tobacco. And, um, you know, it has a natural sweetness to it. It's even augmented a little bit with some molasses flavoring, which is uh, very faint but very pleasant. And, and then you have this uh, element of a little black Cavendish, and then, bam, the uh, the Kentucky is in your face. And it just has smoky barnyard campfire uh, element to it. Mm. It's, a, it's a different smokiness that you get from... Uh, you know, your favorite English blend. This is more of a, uh, you know, a campfire, smoldery, uh, you know, um, flavor. It's just a, it's a different experience, you know, like roasting walnuts or something. Ooh, it's, uh, okay. It's, uh, huh. it's really, really good. Roast, see, this is what, roasting walnuts? This is what I'm talking about. You talk about pipe tobacco. Nothing I have <laughs> described sounds nearly as delicious as what you're describing. I don't know, man. I don't know. But, uh, I, I, I don't know. You, you, you have some pretty flowery, uh, descriptions yourself. I think, uh, I think you'd make a great what what is what is that the back of the wine bottle describer or content writer or something copywriter sommelier so that one yeah is that it (laughs) sommelier I think that's right I don't know (laughs) terrible um so anyway I think with the Orlick Dark Strong Kentucky you've got um uh, obviously rich flavors and and powerful smokiness but the the key here though to me is that that punch of nicotine that really mm. comes in it's a very strong tobacco it's something that uh, is is full-bodied uh, you know thick mouthfeel uh, very um, you know uh, full but but also just very very strong yeah. uh, dark fire Kentucky is just a very uh, stout tobacco. It's one of those that, you know, will kind of make your head spin if you don't have something substantial on your belly and that kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, so you got to get that belly full, got to get that belly full and no, no better opportunity to do that than at, uh, than at dinner. Yeah. I love that, man. I get the DFK right there. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a, that's a good call. That's a good call. Uh, dinner needs, uh, something that can, uh, that, that can kind of pack a wallop. And I think that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's what you got. All right. So here's the deal. We, we, we have had, uh, we have had our meals, right? We've had our, our breakfast. We have had our second breakfast. We have had our 11 C's, our luncheon, our afternoon tea and our dinner. John David, the hour is 9 PM. Mm. Okay. The sun is down and we, you know, are in, and, and we are, you know, as, as good hobbits, we want to get to bed on time and we want to sleep the night away without our tummies grumbling. Right. Which is why dinner and supper are, in many respects, are very similar. Uh, you know, you, you'd, you'd be remiss, for, you know, you could be forgiven, rather, for, for thinking that they might be the same thing. I mean, obviously, down here south, we, we use dinner and supper interchangeably. Kind of interchangeably. We yeah. also do that with lunch as well, if we're being totally honest. We'll put dinner and supper. Yeah, Sunday lunch. dinner, that's, that's often a one o'clock meal. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, so, you know, we, we, go, we go crazy with it. But there's, there's a reason why hobbits 
have such two full meals back to back. And it is because they've got to get through the night. Now for this final meal, I want you to, to imagine with me. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to describe this meal. Okay. I, I need you to, I need you to kind of get there with me. Ready? Yep. All right, here we go. So like I said, the sun is down. So I'm thinking, you know, these hobbits, they need to prepare a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful supper. So they've got, they've, they've laid out the fire. They laid out the coals on it, right? Oh my God. <laughs> and and hang on, hang on. Okay, okay, go, go ahead. I'm not going to rob you of the moment. Don't I, rob me of the moment. No, go, go ahead, go ahead. They've laid out the, the coals, you know, the hot coals are, 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 are burning, right? So what they've done is now they've got these, they've got these, these, these chickens, Okay, they're lying out these chickens, right? And they've got these 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 gorgeous uh, uh, b- meat covered bones of the rib of uh, of 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 a uh, uh, nice suckling uh, pork that they had earlier, or something of that nature. They, they saved it. They saved the ribs, and and now they they are laying that down. And they you know these things they're they're soaking up that heat, and they are just mm, oh they're starting to smell so good, but. These, these are very crafty and clever hobbits. Mm. You see, what they have done is they want to counterbalance this lovely roast flavor with some tanginess. Okay. So they have mixed up uh, uh, roasted peppers and tomatoes and, and spices. Oh, hobbit sauce. And, and yeah, I got, got it's a little hobbit sauce. They right. got that hobbit sauce is what they've got. <laughs> and they've mixed it up. And they, they've got a little brush of rosemary, you understand. Okay. Like they got a little brush of rosemary and they're dipping it into the hobbit sauce and they are just lathering it on all those meats okay, I got it. that I got are right it. there. And so like when it's all done, they have this, this beautiful plate of of chicken and and the rib bones of um of, of <laughs> said these, pork they said pork right and um with the hobbit sauce <laughs> the tangy hobbit sauce. the tangy hobbit sauce right now with the understanding huh. that this is shire select we're talking about supper okay i want right. to make that very clear we are pairing a beautiful beautiful supper that has been laid out for these <laughs> hobbits what john david cole would you pair with that very specific meal that I have just described for these hoppets supper? I, I'm going to pair it with Baker Street. <laughs> ba- Baker, Baker, Baker Street is uh, is a it, country did. squire blend. It's something okay, that we okay. uh, created several years ago, and it is a uh, delicious uh, tobacco. It features Latakia and Perique. You know, I would I would I would pair it with a, a hearty. Uh, Hobbit supper, particularly that Hobbit sauce, you know, yeah. uh, that yeah. has the tang, but also uh, enough heat to keep it interesting. Uh, there's some pepperiness there, but um, but it, but it's sweet, you know. It has a natural sweetness. It's just very, um, you know, the thing that Hobbit sauce does for you, you know. Yeah, it's that of course. Sweet and smoky kind of thing. Yeah, sweet know? and smoky. Yeah. And there is a there is a, a you know the age old disagreement. Well, do you like a uh, you know, dry hobbit sauce, or do you like you know a, a wet rub hobbit sauce, right. or you know, uh-huh. do you like you know, do you like your hobbit sauce more vinegary, or do you like it uh, kind of more of a thicky molasses based thing? Right. You know, so right. the, there's different things. You know, we talk about the north and south. You know, yeah, the uh, hobbit shire, and yeah. so you, you know, you, we have these disagreements about hobbit sauce, and you know, and how how that should work. But you know, with Baker Street, you kind of um, catch all of those in just a really nice. Um, a nice, uh, you know, net where you can kind of, kind of hold all those in tandem. Right. <laughs> Baker Street features <laughs> uh, Virginia and Burley. Um, it's, uh, it's mostly bright leaf Virginia, which gives it uh, just a nice, uh, natural citrusy uh, sweetness that that's there. The perique in, that we use in Baker Street, the particular type of perique, is very, uh, very musty, very vinegary, um, and so it gives you that nice tang. The the immediate bag note, jar note of this tobacco is kind of stings your nostrils a little bit. It very much has that um, that tanginess that you come to associate with with a quality hobbit sauce. Um, and then, of course, it has enough Latakia to uh, choke a, a goat. <laughs> the Latakia um, in Baker Street uh, is one of those tobaccos that it's not an overwhelming amount, but I think when it is paired with the amount of perique that it has in it, right, it yeah. becomes a significant piece. This is something where, um, you know, when each thing are on their own, it, it's almost like the, the sum is greater than the parts type of deal. It's very, mm. it's just mm. a very robust, full-bodied, strong, smoky, tangy uh, tobacco. And, and and one that, you know, is going to go nicely with a full uh, belly, but also is going to give you that uh, soothing 
uh, strength to uh, kind of help your eyes close there towards the end of the night. So, um, so with a, to, to pair with our uh, Hobbit sauce-induced uh, supper and our, our rib bones of uh, uh, Shire pork, grade A right. Shire you know, suckling pig and yes, and, yes. and the chickens that have been the chickens, uh, yeah, roasted and the roasted, and, yeah. and all that, yeah. um, you know, smoked as it were. I, you know, I, I I'm I'm gonna go with uh with Baker Street. I think that's great. I think that's great because you know the, the, the two things. First of all, this is the happiest like my my happiest <laughs> of Country Square Radio of all time. I, I that is next level, ladies and gentlemen. I hope y'all were paying attention. Uh, I I worked for this moment. Uh, <laughs> And, then, and that, by the way, uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, go back and listen to some episodes. And you'll, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but I will say this. So you think about the that's other, between us old friends. That's true. <laughs> there, you do think about kind of the end of the Hobbit's day of, you know, after um, having all of these various meals, after enjoying that supper, sitting around the hearth, sitting around the fire, contemplating the the you know the day and and the 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 labor and the care and the craft that went into whatever the work they were yeah uh, calling upon and that sort of thing so yeah. uh, maybe maybe tonight when we're all after we've all had our supper uh, we should like you know smoke a little Baker Street and uh, you know maybe get 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 our minds uh, minds and hearts right for a night of sleeping and waking up for a lot more meals and. Apparently a lot more pipe tobacco. A lot more pipe tobacco, because if you pair uh, one with every meal and you're a hobbit, uh, you might wind up in the hospital. There is, I was actually thinking, I was like, I wonder if we need to put a disclaimer of like, we're not saying you should eat this much food or smoke this much tobacco in one day. But if you do, <laughs> but if you do, you got it. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. You know, one of the things I, I love about awesome. that, um, you know, that, that final meal that I just, I mean, it just came to me. It was very last minute. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. No, it just came to me. Uh, like I'm, I'm sure. I really that it would pair with something really well that unfortunately I don't know how how readily available is in the Shire. And that is like, you know, you take some corn and you roast it. Oh, yeah. Roasted, roasted roast corn. corn. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Got, you, you can put a delicious. Bit, yeah. Put that, that hobbit sauce on it, man. And it probably mm. still tastes really, really good. But, you know, one of the things that I will never forget seeing, like we, we've uh, had the um, amazing opportunity to experience some really cool things. Uh, in the production of this show, we've met some amazing people and we've gone some really cool places. But I will never forget the giant mountain of corn cobs that we saw at Missouri Meerschaum that looked as though somebody had just went to town on some hobbit sauce. Yeah, no, that's right. And, a feast. and crushed it, man. <laughs> I know, dude. Man, that, nothing like a little uh, a little uh, Missouri corn with your uh, with your hobbit sauce there. That's right. And of course, this uh, show is made possible by our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum, who have an amazing line of pipes that are perfect for your Hobbit feast and uh, various tobaccos along the way. That is right, man. Today, we're talking about the Dwarf Corncob Pipe, which is part of their series of pipes that they came out with so famously a few years ago. And um, I like the Dwarf. The reason is because it has a nice, uh, handy apple-shaped bowl. Uh, it's really a, an elegant bowl, something that looks nice, but it holds just the right amount of tobacco and, and still gives you that nice length that you would expect from a smaller church warden to cool the smoke down. So it uh, just feels really good in your hand. It's light. Um, and even though it is a longer pipe, it's something that is, uh, you know, easy to easy to tote uh, as you travel on your journey. So um, check it out. You can get it at corncobpipe.com. Uh, it only retails for $24.99 and uh, they'll ship it right to your door. That's one of my favorites, man. And you know, with the dwarf pipe, you always want to uh, hand it to your friends. Like you want to make sure while it's in your hand, it goes into their hand. Do you know why? Why? Because no one tosses a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you've got one of the uh, the Comet series pipes and you're smoking it this week, take a picture of yourself doing so, tweet it to us so we can retweet it out. <laughs> it's a good way to let the good folks at Missouri Mission, we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. You've been waiting to say that too, had you? All the time. <laughs> like ever since we started. Question of the week. All right, man. Pipe question of the week coming in this week from listener Ben says, I am curious about special upkeep methods that pipes need based on the materials used to carve them. For example, is there a different method I should use for cleaning out Meerschaum pipes versus Briar? Or what about when they would otherwise seem similar, like olive wood versus cherry wood pipe? Uh, thanks. Love the show. And again, that is from Ben. Yeah, great question, Ben. For the most part, pipe care is going to be the same. You know, the 
the main the main thing here is the preventative care, right? It's I, I always feel like the dentist floss your teeth, blah blah blah. You come in, I floss your teeth, and you know, as the dentist, you start bleeding everywhere, and I'm like, remember to floss your teeth, and you know, I'm that guy with the pipe cleaners, is like, remember to clean your pipe after every smoke, and you know, do whatever you want. And so, you know, that that's the that's the thing is, you know, if you're gonna clean your pipe after every smoke. Uh, the care for pretty much any type of pipe is is basically the same. Swab the bowl out really well. Get uh, get all the junk and and you know moisture out of the tenon and the um, the shank and the stem. You know if you've got a, a filter, take that out. Uh, you know swab around it. Maybe replace the filter if it's time for a new one. Um, you know these are the just kind of common sense things that. Uh, regardless if it's a Meerschaum, a Briar, a Morta, um, Olive, any of these kind of things you'll want to do. Um, you know, other than that, uh, there are, you know, some things that you want to, um, you know, be careful. Uh, obviously, you know, moisture is a big deal. You don't want alcohol to get on the outside of a pipe bowl, but you, you really don't want it at all to touch a, uh, a Meerschaum pipe. It's just something that can uh, mm. kind of exacerbate the um, the brittleness of that. And so, you know, overall, though, I mean, these pipe cleaning and maintenance regimens are, are basically the same. Something that, um, you know, you'll just, your life will be much easier as a pipe smoker, a pipe enthusiast, and a pipe collector if you if you clean your pipes regularly. And when I say regularly, I mean after every single bowl. So, right, um, right, right. but yeah, other than that, it's it's pretty much the same. You know, ream your pipes if you get a little too much cake the uh, between the thickness of a dime and a nickel. Other than that, just, uh, just keep smoking them and keep those pipe cleaners handy. Do you own a cherrywood pipe? I don't. I, I don't own, own a cherry wood. Uh, you know, I, I've got uh, I've got olive. I've got clay, meerschaum, morta. Of course, plenty of briar, uh, plenty of corn cob. But I, I don't own a cherry pipe. Yeah, yeah I've, mm-hmm. I've never. I didn't even know you could smoke a. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Very. I mean, it's very old fashioned. Very traditional. Um, you see them occasionally, uh, even kind of rough hewn with the uh, bark still on the wood and that kind of thing. But huh. um, yeah, it's something that you know doesn't have the same smoking ability and, and uh, characteristics as some of their uh, you know better uh, suited cousins, perhaps. But uh, but it is a older um, and uh, well well tried and true pipe medium. I say I didn't know that. I, I guarantee we've got somewhere in our archives we've done a cherry wood focused episode. <laughs> Uh, does all right. One one last question because that does piqued my curiosity a little bit. The yeah. the cherry does that does it smoke? Do you taste cherry? <laughs> yeah, you, you don't taste cherry, but it is going to smoke woodier. Okay, it, it's it's gonna you're going to taste more of the of the actual wood, right? Um, that's there, and that that's common with most uh, woods that are not briar. Briar, you know, is really the gold standard. I mean, it smokes cool, but really, it, it it is because it doesn't impart flavor into the tobacco like right. other like other woods do, and so uh, that's part of the the uh, beauty of briar. Uh, it's incredibly durable, but it also uh, you know is very flavor neutral. Gotcha. Mm. All right. Well, there you go, Ben. Uh, hopefully that helped you out. And uh, hey, if you've got a pipe question for us, you can send it into the show. That is show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire question. Ow! All right, I feel like these are quick fire questions we've done before, but at the same time, I guess it is appropriate. Where it's a Lord of the Rings edition. Oh yeah, I mean you got that to. Makes good sense. Okay, here we go. Bilbo or Frodo? Frodo. Okay, 
Okay, why? Uh, let me no no no. Let me restate that question. All right, all right. Do you feel that you are more of a Bilbo or a Frodo? I think I might be. See, Bilbo is like older, and I'm 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 being colored by that like Lord of the Rings uh, side of Bilbo, right? And so crotchety, <laughs> kind of like <laughs> like uh, you've read the Hobbit, eccentric. Though, you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have. But you know, it just. Um, yeah, I you know when I think of Frodo, I think of um, it, it, I don't know, just a, a more extended adventure, uh, relationships that are more vibrant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Frodo. I'd say you're a cross between the two. Okay, there, there is an element of Bilbo that I feel like is very you, circa now. <laughs> Not not like not like circa like five or six years ago, but like you know, <laughs> circa now for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's like go away, <laughs> <laughs> ornery, like angry old man, right. beat you with the cane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I think I probably Frodo for me too. Although I really like Bilbo. Like I kind of I respect how crotchety he is. You yeah, know? sure. Yeah. Sure. What. You, Sure. Like what? Like, and there is something about he's um, not super crotchety. I mean, he's not. You know, he he's portrayed that way uh, some in the um, you know, the the Fellowship of the Ring and whatnot. But um, I mean, these are hobbits. They're yeah. all merry. You know. Well, and I do like the you know Bilbo is always like you know I, I'm not going on an adventure, man. Like you want you want someone else. I, it's not me. I'm not I'm not the guy. I'm right. Sit here. I'm gonna smoke my pipe. I'm gonna put my feet up by this here fire. <laughs> and then Frodo's like, what? End of the world? Okay. Let, let's go. I'm in. <laughs> let's yeah. Go. Put me down. Yeah. That's great. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I'll, I'll choose Frodo as well. Uh, Gandalf the Grey or Gandalf the White? The Grey is more fun. Way me. more fun. Yeah. I mean, the, the, that's the, the seminary student who's not like yeah. a pastor yet. So he's got to be all like uppity. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, he's he's got more, um, literally more color, <laughs> more flair in his life, more uh, license to uh, get into shenanigans and stuff. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with Gandalf the Grey. I, yeah, definitely. I, I there is kind of almost like a priestly nature to, like Gandalf, in that he is kind of you know even even as the gray, he's got that kind of authority and and everything else. Um, but you know, I've I've known priests in seminary, and I've known priests who have become priests, and they're far less fun once they've actually become priests <laughs> than when they're in seminary. Because when they're in seminary, they're still trying to figure out like, do I really want to like give up some of this stuff? So no, that's be, right. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's 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 fair. That's fair. Uh, so yeah. So Gandalf the Gray. Plus, you know, you also think about like, you know, I don't know. He he. If, if you're like sitting down and having a pipe with Gandalf the Gray, you feel like you talk about whatever, right? But the white is over here like the apocalypse. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like was he even no? Because he like he bounced out after after the apocalypse, didn't he? Didn't he go with the elves across the sea and Frodo too? And they're like, bye. We're gonna go off to to the heaven equivalent here uh, i feel like that was right i could be wrong but i don't i, I think that i was can't right. remember and that's really embarrassing but I, I i honestly can't remember he only really came back to finish the war so he wasn't like chilling gandalf the gray is chilling I, I, yeah, i'm gonna go with gandalf <laughs> the gray which you know gr- glad for gandalf the white i'm just saying <laughs> okay sword bow or axe you would you rather have my sword and my bow or my axe. My axe. Uh, I'm going to go with a sword. Yeah. Uh, to me, sword is uh, the sword would be more uh, a little more versatile. Well, I, I hear yeah, that more elegant is weapon. actually mightier, but no, it is an elegant one. <laughs> That's true. I like an axe, man. I think there's something about like just that that like full power, like you know, yeah. boom, blunt instrument, Bl- right? <laughs> Bludgeon. Yeah. Right. I think. I think. Plus, it just kind of looks cool. I, I do like the sword, though. I'm a fan. And then would you rather live with the elves in the trees or the dwarves in their deep kingdoms? Give me the elves, man. I want to be up in the trees, more fresh air, um, you know, outside, foliage, uh, you know, animals that are flying around and, um, you know, making fun forest noises. I, I, I just, I'd rather be with the elves. Well, you know, I was going to say, the only thing is, like, you're chilling out with the elves, and they'd all think that they were better than you. But, you know, if you're chilling out with the dwarves, they're going to do the same thing. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And if, you're, if it's the humans, and you're not a human, they're going to be doing... every. They're so racist up in Middle Earth. Right? right? They all, <laughs> they've all got their issues, man. They really do. It's terrible. They really do. Um, You know, as I really love dwarves and dwarven lore, and just the, the general aesthetic of, like you know, dwarven runes and carvings and buildings and, and just the way in which there's kind of like a geometric nature hmm. to their yeah. artwork. That being said, 
I'm also mildly claustrophobic, and I will be up in the trees with the elves. <laughs> uh, there's that scene. About those deep, dark caves, you know, they kind of, I, I don't know, it's a little overwhelming. Right. No, it, has, it, it, can, it definitely can be. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the elves as well. So there you go. That's our Lord of the Rings edition to cap off <laughs> our Shire Select right there. <laughs> if you've got some quick-fire questions, send them in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Your, your thoughts, thoughts, your, your comments. comments, listener feedback. Listener feedback. All right, this first one comes in from Zach, who's one of our uh, Country Squire Radio International Club members. Thank you, Zach. Uh, he says, uh, oh, so he's in Cincinnati. He's asking if we... Oh, great. Yeah, hey, guys, I'm just curious to see if y'all know of any great tobacconist shops near Cincinnati. Now, I'm, I'm not... Uh, all right, this is a all right. So people know that I'm not big when it comes to geography or you know math, science, or the English language or practically anything. Cincinnati, that's in Illinois. <laughs> that no, no, I'm in Ohio. That's is, a, that that's would be Ohio. Ohio. That's right. right. I should mention too that when I was in high school. All right, this is bad, <laughs> Zach. This is not this is not a statement on you, your people, oh or you, or gosh. your city or your state. But when I was in high school. I, I, for whatever reason, I chose to, to make fun of Ohio because uh-huh. first of all, we're in Mississippi. So, I mean, like it's punching up. We can't make fun of anybody. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's just like literally anybody we try to make fun of, we're punching up. Right. Uh, but I used to make fun of Ohio saying that it, it thinks it's a state. That isn't that terrible. That is terrible, <laughs> and and therefore, you know, we uh, again apologize to yeah. an entire so uh, state of people <laughs> and region. Now, if you're in uh, if you're in Cincinnati, the place to check out is Strauss Tobacconist. Oh, it's yeah. been around okay. a long time, storied uh, tobacconist that uh, has uh, got just a stellar reputation, and um, you know, it probably is. Uh, Comparable to, you know, if a country squire grew up and was a little more sophisticated, it might be Strauss tobacconist, but... Um, that'll never happen. Yeah, but that, that, obviously <laughs> that'll never happen. Um, but yeah, check check them out, man. That um, Just a, a world-class uh, pipe shop, and uh, I know you'll be glad you, you swung by. There you go. All right, yep. so check them out, Zach. Uh, let them know you heard about them on Country Squire Radio, too. Tell them we said what's up. Uh, also, let's see, we got Nathan, uh, Nathan Clay wrote in said uh, jd and Bo. hey guys i am a longtime listener and twice anointed pilgrim to the country squire yeah i wanted to thank each of you for the great content you continue to put out week after week i always learn something new uh about our hobby from jd while Bo's production and audio quality of the podcast is some of the best out there hey shout out to our uh, editor mike as well uh as an avid podcast listener i can honestly say that country squire radio is one of the most informative and best produced podcasts out there and that comes from nathan and high praise high nathan praise. thank you so much brother that's really kind and um mean a, a big testament to you know the work that bo and mike both put in man nathan actually he sent us a bunch of stuff <laughs> it's kind of funny he's like you can feel free to break this up over a couple of shows i think we've got a a, a question or two of his coming down the line and probably like wow. some recommendations for uh, some shows that i think are going to come out of uh, some of what he sent us so we'll be diving more into uh the the myriad of questions and things that you sent to us man uh over the uh, over the next episode or so so oh, uh, be great. on the lookout for that but yeah man nathan of course did make his uh pilgrimage twice you know if uh if you're new to country squire radio uh, of course uh the show is named after the shop here in jackson mississippi uh as uh, john david cole the tobacconist and owner and uh and you know industry guru that he <laughs> is uh folks have chosen to occasionally make trips down to jackson mississippi to visit the shop and uh, and have called it their pipe pilgrimage and so if you ever find yourself in need of a quest if you have a ring of a smoke ring that you need to follow <laughs> that brings you down to uh to to morador i meant mississippi uh, it gets as hot as that it does so. get as hot as that uh come on down to the country squire and uh, and see all of the amazing renovations and the uh the the crazed uh newly twice fathered uh <laughs> yeah t- tobacconist <laughs> that's yeah that's right that's right how you, you doing? You doing, you doing good, man? Yeah, it's did, any day now. Uh, any day, yeah. man. And by the time this goes um, out, it might be now. It'll it'll probably be now yeah. by, by the time this comes out. <laughs> and um, yeah, man, just trying to hold on. Uh, you know, just uh, not get enough sleep, but uh, we're uh, we're there. All right, man. Here we are. Well, hey, we want to encourage y'all. Uh, send us your thoughts. I mentioned it last week, but uh, you know, what of all of these meals, what are pipe tobaccos that you think would uh, would perfectly match them? Send them in to us. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, you can always email the show show at countrysquireradio.com. You can keep up with us throughout the week at squire radio is the show's handle on the twitters you got at john david cole at underscore country squire but all that information and more can be found at country squire 
Well, John David, bam, we we have feasted. We we have, man. We have feasted and smoked, Mm, (laughs) and it has been so good. Just so many great uh, delicacies to uh, treat the senses with. Yeah, you know, it's fun just going down the uh, the rabbit hole of all the different Hobbit meals and why you would uh, why you would celebrate each one and and serve each one and and what each one would uh, would give to your uh, to your fun day. That's right. That's right, man. Well, hey, let's go have a day. See you, brother. One thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.